Welcome to Our Real Life, a discussion about the journey from addiction to recovery with our host, Bob Bay. Thank you, God, for these people. Thank you, God, that you love us so much that even if it was just one of us here, you would come and meet us where we're at because you love each of us that much. You care about us that much. I appreciate you, God. I'm asking that you continue to be with us tonight. God, speak to us the things that you would have us to hear, God. Each of us needs something tonight. And I'm asking, God, that everybody who leaves here tonight leaves with what they were needing, what they were searching for, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk for just a minute about something that God has been talking to me about, for me, too. Really, if I'm honest, one of the things that I don't want to say I've struggled with, but I have, is this thing of powerless. And what I've struggled with is where that point is of... When you do the best that you can. Now, for me, I was a drug addict. And so I tried for the longest time to quit doing drugs. I tried and tried and tried, did my best trying. I tried all different kinds of things. I thought, well, I'll just drink and and smoke weed and, and that'll be all right. And then I won't do meth. But I would get drunk and my ability to say no would go down. And so then I would go get meth. And so it was just, it, it just didn't work. It was just, I just was just playing games for myself. And I really didn't think I could quit. I didn't think I'd ever be able to quit. But through a series of events, and I won't go into that uh, tonight, I ended up quitting. God came and got me and brought me out of that. And I don't know how to really describe it. He took away that like initial desire to want to do the drugs themselves But what he didn't do was take away, like, a month later when I would get mad, that thing of not knowing how to deal with my anger, not knowing how to deal with the issues of my life. When, you know, a year later, when my finances were still all messed up because of everything that I had done, and I would get frustrated and feel hopeless and feel like, What's the point in even doing all of this? I ain't going to get anywhere. It's going to take forever to get out of this. And I would feel like, I just, I just can't go on. I just, this is just ridiculous. And I would feel like giving up. Not just, not necessarily that I want to go out and do drugs. I just want to give up. I was married and have a young family. And I would think, why am I even doing this? I ain't going to make it. And a couple of times I thought, I'm out of here. I'm just leaving. But you can't do that. I couldn't do that wasn't why I knew what I wanted but so this thing began to face me and I would cry out to God God you got to do something you got to do something about this because I can't do it nothing's changing I can't do anything about it nothing's changing God and I can't do anything about it and you know it it always seemed like when I hit that point some people may call it hitting bottom I hit a lot of bottoms but when I hit that point where I was like, I can't do anything about this and nothing's changing and I can't take this anymore. He would do something inside me and I would get like my second wind. It's the only way I can really describe it. I would get my second wind and I would get back up and start going on. And I, I wouldn't even necessarily realize it at the moment when it was happening. But I could look back on it. I look back now and I look back at all these different things and it's like, that was really God there giving me the strength to keep going. 
when I got to the point where I felt like I couldn't take any more, God was there and helped me overcome that. And so I think about that, that scripture, and I'm sure you guys have heard it. In our weaknesses, he is strong. And it doesn't, in a way that doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? And so in a, in a religious kind of Christianese kind of way, it's like, oh yeah, you know, God is God. Jesus is, you know, he is all strong. And in my weakness, he is, he is strong. But I mean, if you just like strip away the, the religious thoughts of it and everything, it doesn't kind of make sense, right? I'm just being real and, and saying that I struggled for a long time of knowing where my responsibility stopped and where's his started. Pam and I have had this conversation. There'll be times where Pam will say, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. And that frustrates me so much. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. But I judge her by what my, what, you know, who I am, right? And I think, well, no, you could do better than that because of what my perception is. But now you turn it around and I want to be able to say, I'm doing the best I can. And she may look at me and be like, no, you're not. <laughs> I know you can do more. So this is the thing. I've seen over and over and over again where I'll be honest and I'll say, there have been times where I've said, I just, I'm doing the best I can to myself. I'm doing the best I can, but I'll surrender to some temptation it may be. One of the things I struggle with is anger inventing my anger and so I will explode in my anger I'll tell myself I'm, I'm doing the best I can I'm doing the best I can I just you know I'm doing the best I can but am I really am I really trusting in God in those moments so there is this point where we reach the end and we say you know what I can't really control the situations of my life no matter how much I really try to control the people around me, uh, to control the situations, to control the outcomes of things, to control the way people treat me, to control all these different situations in my life. I've done all I can to try and control them, and I can't. And so then I turn to God, and it's like, God, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do? And that's where he steps in, and, and he's able to take over, and he's able to do it. This is the example Pam and I were talking earlier. I'm sorry, babe, I gotta use you. Pam and I both used to smoke. Now, this is a cool thing. God came to her at this point, and, and I'm not gonna tell her story, but God knew exactly how to work with Pam to get to her, her to the point where she was capable of quitting smoking. God didn't supernaturally come in and then just one day do that. One of the things that he did is he came in and he began to work in her life. And, and I'll just use the key thing that she had talked about was she knew that God would give her the strength. And if she went back to smoking, basically, it'd be like a slap in the face to God to turn back to that, to go back to smoking. Because God, through a series of events, God had talked to her. Now, for me, it was a different thing. God knew exactly what motivates me, and I had tried to quit. I bought one pack, actually, I bought three packs of cigarettes a day. I wouldn't buy a carton, let me put it that way. I smoked three packs a day. 
And I wouldn't buy a carton for like a year because this is it. When these three packs are gone, that's it. I'm done. I'm not smoking anymore. And that went on for a year. But finally, because God knew exactly what it would take inside of me, he brought me to that point where I was offered this thing. I really loved working with kids and helping kids get to know Jesus for who Jesus was. And I wanted to work with the kids at the church, at the little startup church we were at. And the pastor told me, Bob, listen, I don't believe you're going to go to hell for smoking. But I will say this, you can't be a role model for those kids while you're smoking. So if you want to do this, if you want to be able to work with these kids, you have to quit smoking. And I sat back and I thought, I know God wants me to do this. I know this is a desire of my heart. I know I want to be able to do this. And I really didn't feel like I could quit. But it was like this thing of all of a sudden... I had this moment where I met God again. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I didn't like meet him, meet him, but like we had a meeting and it was like we kind of like sat down together and he kind of let me know, Bob, I'll take care of this. I'll help you. And so I said, okay, we're going to do this. And I quit. It was not easy. I was out of my mind for the first week. I could barely function. It was horrible, but I did it. And to go back, I knew to go back on it was to go back on what God had done for me. I knew that there would be like a betrayal of this relationship they were building. So I'm asking you to find your place in that. Find your place in, in where that fits, in, in what you're struggling with, in what you're dealing with in your lives, and what maybe today or for the rest of your life. Find that point where you're not where you want to be and you've been struggling for however long or struggling to be this person or to do this thing or, you know, whatever it may be, find that point and sit down and find that place to give up. Not give up fighting, not give up pursuing that, but just to give up control of that, to surrender that to God. That's the only way I can say it. Because this is the thing. What I have discovered in this, and what I've been talking to God about in this, is, which is so cool, is I can see where my relationship with God began to deepen in those moments of struggle. When I would be fighting to quit something or to start something, to be a responsible thing. I was late everywhere when I was young. I would be late to everything. It was a real struggle for me to get to the point where I could be on time and, and be where I needed to, to be able to be counted on to be on time. It was such a struggle for me. So I wanted to be a person of integrity. When I said I was gonna be somewhere, I would be there. I wanted people to be able to count on me that way. And I struggled and struggled and struggled. And then there was this moment of, I just can't do it. I'm just not gonna be able to do it. And God met me at that moment and began to do things inside me so that, I mean, it's, this is crazy, but I would be faced with a choice. It'd be like, okay, if I'm going to get there in time, I have to leave in 10 minutes. And it used to be, I'd be like, okay, I've got 10 minutes, so I'm going to start doing this thing here, or I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch a little bit of TV, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. I've got plenty of time. I've got 10 minutes. And then 20 minutes later, I would leave and be late. So he, he would begin to say, no, Bob, you have to leave in, in 10 minutes. And I would think, well, I've got time to do this and this and this. Or I could go ahead and leave now and be 10 minutes early. I'll go ahead and do that. And I'll be 10 minutes early. And I'd drive there, and it'd be so relaxing. 
not rushing in and out of traffic to get to where I had to. You know what I'm saying? And I know that sounds, it may sound silly, but God began to prove his, his trustworthiness to me. He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to prove to me that he was trustworthy or that he would be faithful. He didn't need to do that. But he loved me so much, he would do those things in my life to show me that I could trust him, that he was there for me, that he had my back. And so that relationship would build more and more. Now, this is not a relationship where this relationship that I'm talking about with God is not a relationship that you have just on Sunday morning or maybe in your midweek service or when you're saying a prayer before you eat or something like that. This is not that kind of relationship. This is the kind of relationship where every moment of the day, God is there watching over me, making things work together for my good, orchestrating the events around my life to bring about his purpose in my life, to protect me from things I don't even know are coming against me, to guard me from things, to guard me from certain temptations that may overcome me. This is that kind of relationship. But it didn't happen overnight. It took time because of where I was at. I didn't trust God in the beginning. I didn't believe God had my best interest at heart. I believed that God was there to, waiting for me to mess up so he could punish me. That was the concept of who God was to me in the beginning. I had these certain rules I had to follow, and if I didn't follow those rules, if I didn't do A, B, C, and D, then I would be punished by God. That, and that punishment would look like, well, my car would break down and, and I would get laid off from work or my boss would be mean to me and I'd get fired or something like that. And you know what I'm saying? All, anytime something bad would happen to me, it was because, oh, well, this was because I'm not doing all the stuff I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm being punished by God. You guys with me? I'm a perfectionist. I struggle with perfectionism. I struggle with trying to keep everything in order in my life because I hate to feel out of control. I hate to feel like I'm out of control, so I want to make sure everything's okay, which also means this is one of the big ways that it comes out in. My wife and I, Pam and I, will be doing something in the kitchen, and I'll see she's doing something, and without even thinking, I'll tell her, well, you need to do it like this. Do it like this, because I think that's a better way to do it. Because I look at it and I think, well, if she does it like this, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and that's going to affect me. Is that crazy? <laughs> I do this all the time, all the time with people, all the time. Oh, well, do, the, do it like this. Do it like this. Because in sometimes it's because I'm worried about having to walk in the consequences of it not working out and then, you know, and how it's going to affect me. Sometimes in my codependency, it's like, well, they're going to do it like this and it's not going to work out. So they're going to be disappointed and that's going to make me feel bad because they're going to feel bad. <laughs> right, Pam? <laughs> that's like textbook codependency. It's not that I really want, I know I'm, I'm being really extreme here, right? I know I'm being, over, I love Pam. I love, I want the best for Pam. But I mean, really, when you break it all down, when you when you really, in the end, break it all down, it's not that I'm doing those things for Pam's best interest. I'm doing those things for my best interest. 
I'm doing those things, I'm being that way, because I don't want Pam to be a certain way, to feel a certain way, because of how it will affect me, not because of what's best for her, right? So you strip away the drugs, you strip away the alcohol, you strip away all this, the other stuff and everything, and you get down to it, and you get down to the relationships that we have in life. And you begin to look at what is really going on in here. Why am I really doing what I'm doing? What is motivating me behind the way I'm interacting in all of these relationships in my life? Why do I act this way? Why do I react the way I do when I'm with these people? What is causing that motivation? And if you look at that, you begin to understand many times that it's you're trying to control the situation because of how it will affect you, how it will make you feel, not because how it makes the other person feel. Although, like we talked about before, when we're in denial, it's easy to say, oh no, no, I'm just doing this because I, I, just, I just want Pam to do it these certain ways because it's the best way and I just care about her and I want her to be able to have an easy, wonderful life and if she would just do the things the way I tell her to, everything would be so much better and wonderful and life would be great. Baloney. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to look at these things, right? It's hard to really... Sometimes it's funny and we look at ourselves and we see the truth in ourselves and it's funny at the moment, but then you look at it for later on, it's like it causes us to have to make choices. It causes us to have to say, you know, am I going to do something about this or am I going to just continue on with this? Am I going to keep going this way? Am I going to live in a fantasy world about why this is that way? In those little things, in those little relationship situations with the people around us, be it our bosses, our spouses, our significant others, our children, I have grown children and my grandchildren, and in how we interact with them, that shapes who I am. You guys know it's in those moments, like when you go through tough stuff with a spouse, when you go through tough stuff, it can either drive you apart or it can anchor you together. Going through hard times with somebody can either drive you apart or it can anchor you together in a way that nothing else can. It's the same way with God. When we go through situations and we turn to God, it can either drive us apart, drive you apart from God, or it can anchor you together. And really, the choice is ours. The choice is ours. Because it, even with God, it takes two of us to make a relationship with God. It takes both sides. He does his part, and we do our part in that relationship. And when we face those tough situations, and when we, when we face difficulties, and we want to run from God, and we want to allow that wedge to be driving in there, we have to choose, am I going to let this separate me from him? Or am I going to go back to him and lean on him and count on him to help me get this, through this? And it's the same way with significant relationships in our lives. Am I going to allow this to drive us apart, or am I going to allow this to draw us together? We don't want to keep going around life. We don't want to keep having the same cycles happen over and over and over again in our lives. We don't want to keep feeling the same way we feel. I don't care how many years I do this. I want to be a better person a year from now than I am today. I don't want to be just good enough. I want to be better than I am today. Because I could settle and I could say, you know what? I've come so far from drugs and alcohol. You know, I, I, my family is doing well. I'm doing okay. 
you know, financially we're doing all right. Everything, you know, is looking okay and, and everything's wonderful. I could just coast. But I don't want to do that. I want to grow. I want to be a better person a year from now than I am today. Which means having to face all this stuff. If we can just come to the point where we can just let go and settle back into God. If somebody would have told me that in the beginning, if somebody would have said, you just need to relax and settle back and let God work in your life. If somebody would have said that to me in the beginning, it, was, it would have been like a foreign language to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have understood. What do you mean? What are you talking about? My life was based on doing things, earning things, you know, manipulating people, lying you know, cheating, stealing, all the, this other stuff. That, I mean, that was, that was what my life was about. It wasn't about letting God take care of me. So I didn't know how to do that. And it took time. But it all started with these things here. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit us at reallifeministries-stl.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Real Life Ministries STL.